This is The Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Double Shot. Today, we're talking about your why. Um, This is part four in our Overcoming Barriers to Creation series, part four of 100. (laughs) Actually, this is really the fourth and final part of this at the moment. Last week, we talked about your inner critic, which is another one that we'll wind up circling back to. And so the inner critic is there to help you not do your work and... To protect you from failure and and Well, that's true, right. We decided that the inner critic is just a a wayward friend. Yes. And... Misguided friend. That's right. And uh, yeah, misguided friend. Lovable scamp. Oh, that scamp. (laughs) Scampy scamperton. But knowing your why, or at least being willing to try and figure out your why, is a nice way to kind of counter the inner critic at times. And yeah, you know, as we were talking about this, it made me think of when kids are little and they're always asking why. And, and you said that, yeah, it drives adults crazy. They're just like, okay, I'm done with it. But the kid is always curious and exploring. And, and so we should be curious yes. and explore our why. And just briefly, we talked about, you know, how to define it. And of course, it's it's not like, oh, it is this, but we basically came up with like the idea that it's, it's, this, it's an inner resource that you tap into to help fuel your creative practice. But it's also very layered, very complex. It's got a lot of nuance to it. And maybe it's also malleable and evolving over time. And that's why we think you should circle back to it, especially in those dark moments where the inner critic is sitting in your lap, whispering. Yeah, depending on circumstances and activities in your life and emotional states, it's a practice. As with everything that goes along with your creative practice, you just, it's, it's something that you continually will find yourself working on or trying to figure out because we change as people. Our why from 10 years ago might not be our why today, which is always an interesting thing to see how you get from point A to point B. Um, so how do you know when you're a little bit off your game? When, what are the symptoms of needing to maybe take a look at your why? Well, I, uh, for me, it tends to be where I'm unengaged with what I'm creating at the time, you know, like it just doesn't have the spark that it used to. And it's like, well, what? Why are you doing this particular thing if it's not making your heart strings sing? Pluck. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. Vibrate. <laughs> so I think that's, that's, for me, that's definitely a good indicator. Or if I'm resistant to getting down here yes. and, and Avoidance. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's a big indicator for me. And that's, that's interesting, too, because I know for writing... If I have a particularly important scene, like if the whole if this whole story and the drama hinges on this one scene, I also tend to avoid as I try and work through how that's going to be. When, and, and of course, eventually it's like, well, you got to sit down and write it at some point. So you come down and write and usually wind up working through it that way because you, you can only conceptualize, I can only conceptualize so much 
until I start writing, and then then other nuanced things come out that way. Right. But, uh, but anyway, you have something to work with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and and also you know when things aren't coming together, I think doubting your whatever your ability, your desire, just doubting everything. Like oh, I'm just creating crap, and no one's going to want to do this and. That again is like, oh my gosh. So, well, why then? If no one else is going to want to read this, why are you doing it? And why why are you writing it if you don't want to read it? So, why? I don't know. Yeah. What else? What 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 about you when you're uh, in the studio and when I see something exciting that someone's doing and I think, ooh, I want to try that. Yeah. You know, so if I feel a thrill of excitement about something. I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic talks about don't let ideas go. Like just, right, I right. mean, it, I mean, if it sparks something exciting in you, do a little something in service to it and don't just let it pass because it'll go away and go yeah. to somebody else is what she's saying. But, you know, like yeah. I think about how many times I've gotten a little thrill about something and I just go, well, I'll just deal with that later. And, and it's just gone. Yeah, for sure. It's like, ooh, there's a spark. Let me follow it. And so, yeah, like when you, and you, you know, what are the symptoms that you're, you know, need a little something extra? And so it can be coming from a place of somewhat ne- a negative place or a positive place right. like that. You know, I was thinking uh, way back when, before I actually started my writing practice, reading this this book and thinking, man, I feel like I could I could do better than this, you know. But I di- I didn't I didn't follow up on it. But I think that was an indicator that. Somewhere in the future, maybe this practice was waiting to be born, and it's yeah. kind of cool. You hear it a lot about, especially about abstract art. You mm, know, people who totally. don't, you know, haven't really done any painting or whatever, they'll look at something and go, "Well, I could do that." <laughs> That's right. And you know, our like when I talk to my artist friends, we're kind of like, "All right, try it." Yeah. You know, like go ahead and, and because you should if you if you think something like that then there's a little something in you that wants to probably try and see if you can, you know. Absolutely. And it's funny too, right? I think, and I'm not going to name the book. And in hindsight, right, now that I've been in my writing practice, the person who wrote this book has published, I don't know, 7 million books that clearly resonate with a readership. And, you know, I come to find out that maybe, maybe that book wasn't for me. And it seemed too simple or whatever, but ultimately it's, it's hard work creating something that yeah. is going to resonate with people like that. And so, so my hat is off to that author and I, I am appropriately uh, mm. humbled. Uh, right. I was going to say shamed or chagrined, but, <laughs> but humbled. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. You know, this guy is awesome. We should back up just a hair because part of this is not just if you have an ongoing creative practice. If you're thinking about starting a creative practice, there are things that might be clues as to why you want that something extra. And I think a couple of ones that we just talked about, like if you see something that, that gets you kind of excited to do that thing, you know, um, or if you think you can do something better. Um, the other one is if you know people or, you, you know, watch a documentary or whatever, and it's like somebody's living this creative life and you're thinking to yourself, I, I kind of want that, you know, that's a, probably a good indicator that it's worth exploring and yes. see where it leads, just like that spark you were talking about. Yeah. And then the other one that's sort of along those same lines is if you're, you're tired of consuming creativity passively, like you're like, I, I no longer want to consume it like via TV or music or reading or whatever. It's, 
I want to partake. I want to be part of that, of the making. And uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. There are a lot of, a lot of things like if you, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode where the one about everybody being a creative and if you are willing to kind of look and be, uh, a, increase your awareness around those sorts of things, this is the same thing, right? Where it's like if you, if you put up your antenna for creativity and whether or not you, this is something you want to do, you'll find the clues that'll tell you that it, it is, in fact, what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. So there's that. There are, like, there are all these markers that can kind of help you understand that. And then, so the why, we have this weird... Uh, ephemeral concept, which we, we went round and around. It's like, you know, what? And, and it turns, it's, it's complicated. But we also feel like it's important, we, and we've mentioned this a million times, it's important to understand at least a, a piece of that or, or something because if you're not pulling from within, it's going to be difficult to sustain your practice over time. So we came up with this idea that there may be sort of these gross stages along the spectrum of your creative practice. And keep in mind that this isn't necessarily like us saying, yes, this is what we have done. This is, as we think about this and where we are, this seemed appropriate, right? So it's kind of like, okay, well, we're just throwing this out there um, and we did trademark it, so lay off. <laughs> no. So anyway, the, like the getting started part of the creative practice, like it doesn't matter what's driving you. We, you know, we had the, uh, the bonus episode, Take One Action. Yes. And it's all about taking that first step. And getting started and, and it really doesn't matter like if if you're getting started because you want to be rich and famous hey have at it but what what'll happen so that's like the first stage and then you get to a point where we've said before that's probably not going to carry you through when things get tough or you know you realize that it's harder than you thought or whatever and and so you might wind up looking toward just the actual process of creation which we also talked about in our process episode and then there's this idea that you can, and you can kind of keep coming back to that more and more. And I feel like that's kind of where I mostly am with like that. That's enough to sustain me at this point because um, the next one is, this is where it gets really esoteric and in the weeds, yeah. right? So what's, you know, again, needing that something more, you want to create something that matters, right? You're looking for meaning. You want to be able to actually literally express yourself, not, not just express, because that's what I think, uh, when you're before you kind of dig in deep and do that hard work, you might just be expressing an idea, a story, but not necessarily like your inner core beliefs. You know, like what do you believe? What's important to you? And that's the kind of stuff where ideally, it's almost like enlightenment. It feels like it's like oh, I've now I'm now enlightened. But what we also figured out was that these are all sort of stopping points along the way that you might revisit all of them. Over and over again, I could see like if you have an art opening that just crushes it and suddenly you're a nationally acclaimed artist, maybe then that need for fame and attention does drive you again, right? Yeah. But eventually that runs out. And so then you might go back to like, well, what do I, you know, why did I do this in the first place? Oh, well, because I love the, the process, da, 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 da. But when you're creating your art, you know, if you're, if you're looking for, a, if you stay with it long enough, you're going to be searching for, for more meaning. And so the idea was that maybe... I imagine it's sort of like an upward spiral, like you start at this point, and as you circle around, you hit these markers again and again. But ideally, if you're willing to be introspective about your journey, that you're spiraling upward, if we're using like a success metaphor, right, of going, you're, you're evolving, you're getting better and better, so that even though 
each stage along that spiral might be as equally equally as difficult as the stage that came before. You're increasing your your tools. You're increasing your information about yourself. Yeah. And, uh, your meaning. Yeah, and and by yeah by doing that and it, your connection with other people. Absolutely, absolutely. And that meaning thing, I think, is really interesting because we originally were talking about it. In my mind, I was like, well, yeah, it's just like this core belief that drives you. And as we started unwrapping it, it's like, well, there is no core belief. It's just a <laughs> bunch of different things that kind of all go together. And I think that's exactly right. So, yeah, if you're pinning your hopes on finding this one thing that's your forever meaning, uh, you know, we're complex beings. Right. It's not. There is no Right. And, you know, I, I keep coming back to this because I just, I, I just think it's such a, a fascinating uh, episode in your career and, and your artistic life is, you know, that, that workshop you did because that was a, you figured out your why for that particular time. And it was something that was, it was hard fought and uh, to, to get to. And it was so wrapped up in what was happening culturally, me too, yes. and and also personally with parents yeah. aging and so much. Yeah. And your own self evolving and becoming a, an older Yeah, oh right. Yeah. Woman nice. in society. Older woman in yeah. society. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I don't know. I just I just and I think it's just like a really good anecdote for for that journey. And then but that that why that you found then is still in there. It hasn't gone anywhere, but it, it might not be what you need for your next series. Right. I worked some stuff out. But even though, I mean, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday and realized there was still a lot in there that I hadn't unpacked. And so then I started thinking, I need to go back. I have more work to do. And I used to really question that, like, ah, I thought I was done. And thinking that you have to reach this point and then move on. But the fact is the point moves and you circle back. And and so then we get back to your whole spiral thing that I may circle back to it, but it's informed by all this other work that I already did. Yeah. Yeah. It's that I was, as I was thinking, I was like, spiral is probably, Spiral is a nice simplification, right? But it's really like a, a giant messy nebula. <laughs> right. And, you, you know, you travel sideways and up and down and whatever. Yeah. And you re, you, you're always revisiting. And, uh, and that's the beauty of it. I, I, don't know, I don't know where it comes from, but I know at least with, with you and I know with me that we're, we've, we're getting to the point where we're like, right. You know, it's not like, oh, I, I reach a level and you stay there. I, I reach this place and everything is good. You know, we, we do it in, in life. Like, if I can just get to this point, everything's going to be cool. If I just make this much money, everything's going to be awesome. If I just get this car, you know, whatever. I guess I'm focusing on material things. But, but intellectually and, and spiritually, you know, it's like, oh, if I go to this retreat in the Himalayas, then I'm going to be calmer. And then you find yourself not being calmer because you're a human. <laughs> um, but that, again, like this is a, the, the why... And, and I know we haven't told you how to get there yet. Um, <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> it is. And you're going to find out that it's just a big empty box. Uh, <laughs> What's no, in the box? I, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, it's just interesting because it's, it's an, a lifelong process. It's a lifelong exploration of yourself. It's, that, it's bringing that curiosity of the world internally, I think. And, and it's okay if you don't always know because it's going to – 
you're not going to reach that point where you're like, okay, I'm sailing, everything's smooth sailing. It's always going to be because you also, yeah. you also, yeah, adjustments for sure, because you always want more out of yourself. You want more out of your art and your, what you know at any given time will take you so far. And then you need to know more, whether it's externally or internally. And I think the internal work gives us more peace over time. That's, that's, I think the big thing is like, it allows you to recognize when you're hitting these doldrums or these, these places that are just like, ah, oh, this is, this awful and dark. Again, it's, it's messy. Yeah. And I realize for me, my art practice is an appreciation process too. You know, appreciating the moment, yes. reminding me to be present in this activity. Yeah. And I think that goes to that, what I, that for me, that feels like what I was calling the second stage, you know, the, uh, the tapping into the just sheer joy of creating and making, because you get, we, we talked about that in the flow state, you know, you get that thrill. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, it just feels so good. And you get the, what dopamine, whatever the physiological effects are, I'm not sure. Where I was going with that. No, but, no, oh. no. I, I was sure where you were going with it, but I was just, I guess I was just piggybacking on that concept of, of yeah, it's, it's a night. Like, I love that as a thing because it's so unloaded with deeper thoughts. It's so unloaded with like, well, what came before? And because it, it doesn't matter because it's just like, just go and do it because it's going to yes. feel good. You know, it's yes. going to feel good. And even when it kind of doesn't feel good, you can go, okay, well, this time didn't, but you know, two times ago, we're still talking about yeah. Creativity here, just so you know. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of dark times. Um, no, but yeah, you just being able to go back to that with, without any, any of our baggage or emotional ball of twine right. is, yeah. is a very fail-safe way, I feel like, to kind of get back in your groove a little bit. Yeah. Um, reaching for the better feeling thought, essentially. Yes. And so what are some ways that you can start like peeling away to get toward your either core beliefs or understanding what you're about or... Um... Oh, I thought this was really interesting. The other day I was listening to the Accidental Creative uh... Podcast. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, and by the way, I highly recommend the Accidental Creative Podcast. Been yes. binge listening over the last, I don't know, week or two. And it's, it's good fantastic. Stuff. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He's top notch. and he asked, what is the last thing that made you cry ah. or last couple of things that made you cry or whatever? And, and uh, I, I realized we were, we were sitting on our deck watching the, you know, uh, our neighbors wave goodbye to their, grand, to their kids and grandkids. And they stood in the street and watched them go all the way down. And I just cried. <laughs> I, for me, goodbyes yeah. are, I mean, I'm even getting teary thinking about even saying goodbye to people. Yeah. And it really taps into a deep, deep, you know, I was the youngest of four and I, I watched my siblings leave the house and, and it really still touches me really deeply. And I've never consciously, I don't think, explored that necessarily in my art, but oh, I'm down. planning to. Exactly. <laughs> that's I know. Right. That's <laughs> but that's, so you're, if you're open to examining why you know, I think, I think we're so conditioned to, to shut things down. Like, I don't want anyone to see me crying. Right. And, uh, you know, people and think I don't I'm really a, want to go there. I'm sensitive know. or, you know, <laughs> overly sensitive or, or whatever. You know, there are things societally that make us keep that stuff in. And, but if you're willing to kind of just take a quick step back and go, oh, well, that's interesting. Why did that hit me so hard? Man, there's some rich stuff in there. Yes. Just because, man, 
what's the know, know thyself just popped into my head, mm-hmm. and I don't even know the context of it, which don't judge. Um, I'm sure there's, it's, everyone probably does. But anyway, that idea that there's like, it's just, again, bringing that curious mind to yourself. Not that you necessarily have to explain it away or that by knowing why you're like, why that happens, that it's going to make it stop. You know what I mean? Like, if you get angry and you understand why you get angry, that doesn't mean you're never going to get angry again. You right. know, like that'll still happen. But understanding it maybe helps you be more forgiving. I know we're kind of delving off into some not creative practice stuff, but like we've said before. It's life. Yeah. All this stuff is intertwined. And if you're, you, you're doing the work for, for your creative practice, it's not going to hurt you for the other parts of your life too. But yeah, we, we kind of put together a list of some of these emotions, like, you know, you know, anger, joy, humor, despair, anxiety, euphoria. And I, I would say too, if you're willing to do this kind of stuff, you know, be honest with yourself because we all have parts of ourselves that we'd rather not talk about. Like, hey, I was, I was a coward at this point or, think or, about, yeah. or I was selfish or whatever. And that's totally fine. That's also part of being human. But acknowledging that and kind of looking at it, again, it, it can help you evolve for yourself as a human, but also in your creative practice, because then when you're looking for your why, those things that really vibrate with where you want to be or the kind of art you want to make, they're going to be those markers. You'll be like, yeah, that really gets me. Like if, I, if there's injustice, for example, and you're right. like, man, that really makes my heart squeeze and, and I, want to, I want to look at that. And then the hard part, of course, is then translating that and doing that work we were talking about earlier, the meaning, you know, that expressing what's in your heart on paper or canvas or your, whatever your medium of choice is, that's, that's a whole different thing. And, and I couldn't tell you how to do all those things. And, and we couldn't either. When we were talking about it, it's like, <laughs> oh, we're having, I'm having a hard time making the connection between like what's inside to the actual art that you make. Yeah. But what I thought of were these cultures that dance to deal with you know, and so I remember reading something about kids needing to physically get their emotions out. Yeah. That's another thing that we kind of tamp down in the school, you know, like in our, basically in our system growing up, we're told like, settle down, right, stay in right. your chair, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And so we get that trained out of us to have a physical release or yeah, and it kind of goes back to the kid asking why all the time, too. You kind of get that tamped down. You know, yes. like being curious is good when you're a kid. Oh, we, we love creativity and we want kids to be creative, but then we want them to stop <laughs> because I don't got time for that crap. Um, and I remember a massage therapist telling me once, you need to dance more. Ah, like that's funny. You, you know, because I was stiff, you yeah. know, just kind of whatever. And, and I remember... <laughs> Well, right, That's you, me. Yeah, you kind of do get yeah. tense up, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the same when I was trying to learn, you know, Latin dancing from, uh, you know, I went to a, a really nice restaurant in town and they had a guy from Argentina that was trying to teach people how to dance. <laughs> and I just remember him putting his hands on my hips like, why don't they move? <laughs> I was like, come they're, on. They're fused <laughs> I want them. I want them to. Yeah. But it's because I think I haven't. You know, the only time that I allow that to come in is why I love going to weddings. Yeah. I used to love Somehow going to weddings. Somehow it was license to. Yeah. I was like, hey. And especially, you know, lubricated with a little bit of. <laughs> liquid the, courage. Because it turns out that liquid courage makes you a better 
better dancer. In your own mind, which is all that matters, <laughs> it's all that right? Matters. Well, that brings to mind a, a, a piece of wisdom that a lot of you probably have never heard, but it's dance like no one's watching. That's right. <laughs> I invented that. <laughs> Trademark. No, but, you know, it's funny, like all these, like, oh, for God's sake, here's one of those other stupid sayings that, you know, and they're all born out of truth. Yeah. Which, which again, is, is, is similar. It's like, man, that's definitely not my jam. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, look at this. Live, laugh, love. Come on. But they're awesome because if you're willing to put the, like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me stuff aside, it's like, oh, look at there. I can learn from these sayings that are on bumper stickers and inspirational posters if I'm willing to kind of dig in a little bit. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not sure about the hang in there poster with the cat <laughs> on the branch, but maybe, maybe. Right. <laughs> I mean, kittens. Yeah. Come on. It's <laughs> a good point. So here we, we've talked about this in a way that's like, yeah, do this work and da, 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 da. And it's still, it's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, so we'll go back to the very beginning. The very That's beginning. right. A la Megamind. Yes. And it's all about doing this on your own terms, right? And so this isn't prescriptive. These are just, and, and really we're pulling a lot of this from our own stuff that we've done. So it's kind of worked for us at times and, and we're offering it up as just like, hey, here's, here's a doorway into this and you may find other doorways that work better for you and that's totally cool. So there's looking at the, emo- like things, strong emotions that you've had as a way of like, okay, well, what's important to me? What resonates with me? What are things that have piqued your curiosity time and time again, right? Like that's another thing that you can like examine and go, oh, well, right. What are things that you could sit down and do for long periods of time where you've gotten lost in the flow state because you were just engrossed and mesmerized. And when you came out of it, you were just like, yeah, that, that was awesome. That might be a place to explore for the actual type of art that you're interested in or creative, I shouldn't even say art, but whatever your creative jam is, you know, we've talked before about interior design and woodworking and all those things, whatever it is, um, maybe bonsai tree sculpting. Well, I just heard from a listener who used to make books out of leaves when she was a child. And I, I, I mean, a lot of things come to mind. I have no idea what, what those look like or whatever, but that's a perfect example of, of in childhood, what we're willing like, hey, we've got leaves here. I think I can make a book out of this, yeah. you know? So. I think of our child making, sitting oh. for hours, just making these little tiny books with little cupcakes little on the cupcakes. cover. <laughs> and man, it, that childlike curiosity. What was that quote? It was two, two episodes ago, and it was Heraclitus or Heraclitus. Oh, that's right. My on... old friend Heraclitus. <laughs> that's right. Man is most nearly himself when he achieves the seriousness of a child at play. Right. And so if you can bring that to this whole process of being curious as opposed to being judgmental, like, right, kids aren't judging. They're just like, oh, this is, this is what I'm doing. That We teach them to judge. Sorry. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not 100% true. But anyway, we lay our trip on our kids. And so then they have a lens to look through stuff. But before that, when they're not really conscious of that stuff, they get to just sort of, they get to be. They're in the moment. And so bringing that curiosity to this introspection, to trying to understand how this all works or how pieces of it work is. Thinking back to your own leaf books as a child, you yes, know, like what, yeah. what did you used to love to do? 
Absolutely. Might be a clue to what you might want to try again. I think so. I think so. And if there isn't anything there, then there isn't anything there. But I'll have to ask what you were doing with your childhood. Come on. Me? Yeah, no. Roller skating. Oh, <laughs> not sure where that fits in today. <laughs> You're but... a roller skate artist. <laughs> going to shoot the duck. Um, and then other things too, like, you know, we have, uh, if you look at like influences, things that have shaped you over time, like if you look back, you can see, you know, that, oh, you know, I had this teacher or I had this friend or I had this person that I admired um, or envied or whatever, you know, that I still think about, you know, I, I think that's an interesting thing too. You know, we tend to, I feel like, especially as we get older, think more and more about the past and it's like, well, that's fine, but unless it's helping inform now or the future, you might not want to indulge too much in it. You know, we also beat ourselves up about things that we did in the past. That right. It's like it's done and it's gone, but we still do it anyway. So if you find yourself beating yourself up, go, okay, well, what are some things in the past that I can look to to inform what I want for the future? That's kind of neat. Yeah, and, inspiration. Inspirado. Inspirado. You can't just manufacture it. And so another piece of this is being honest with yourself, right? We have, we have this ideal person that we want to be and kind of present to the outside world. And ideally, they're, it's pretty close to the inner person that we are, but that's not necessarily the case, you know. And I was talking about the uncomfortable things to look at, you know. It's okay to recognize that, yeah, I've done things that I'm not particularly proud of. I've had thoughts that I'm not particularly proud of. Again, that's part of the human condition, but if you're not honest with yourself about those things, it's going to be harder to probably identify your why or, you know, an aspect of your why. Um, right. If that... you reject parts of yourself, you reject. I mean, I remember long ago learning if you push away negative emotion, then you push away positive emotion, too. So yeah. if you push away all of your anger and anxiety, then you push away your joy and you always try to walk this middle ground. Yeah. That's not really where art happens in that middle part. Art happens in the... It's true. The deep. There's, there's that diagram, right? There's like a big circle comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And then there's a dot outside where the magic happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's true. And that's so, yeah, you can have yeah. like a physical and artistic comfort zones, but you can also have metaphysical inner comfort zones. And it doesn't mean you have to be swinging wildly between these. <laughs> I'm not saying you never should be in the, in oh, the yeah. middle ground. You just want to be wild. But you have to be willing to take a look at those extremes too. Uh, it's been helpful for us in, in trying yeah. to, because again, like I feel like I'm trying to make meaningful art, right? You know, my fiction, I want it to be meaningful, like to be more than just a, hey, oh, that's a clever story or that's neat. I want people to think about it long after they've read it and go, huh. And I can't do that effectively unless I know what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it. Yes. So talking about that spiral or the nebula or whatever we want to call it, you know, circling back to this place is always important because you'll find that you either rediscover one of your original reasons for doing it that comes from within, or it might expand and change, you know, could you, it could grow wider, it could change. You're like, well, that's not really as important to me as it was 10, 20 years ago. So and we hope you do your creative practice for decades upon Absolutely. decades. I think ultimately the point maybe I was trying to make was that it is just, it's ongoing. And because it's a practice, you also need to be open to the fact that your why can change and that it might, when you go back to look for the thing that spurred you on, you might find it's not as shiny and awesome as it was back then. And, you know, it could be two weeks ago, could be two years ago. ago. Yeah. What we found 
in well in a lot of stuff that we've read just in in terms of life in general is that it's difficult to do that inner work when you're constantly distracted by of course the the ever present uh mobile device yes i know um, we have some bad news about all of our suggestions <laughs> that's right it's that you should probably leave your phone <laughs> at home yeah you know the things that the distractions i think about are like if i'm in the car you know put on music which i think music has its place don't get me wrong um or podcasts you know i was driving back from picking up pizza last night and i had a podcast on i was just like I don't think I really want to be listening to this right now. My mind, that's not where my mind wants to be. And then I didn't turn it off. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I was only four minutes from home. But. And we're never suggesting that you shouldn't listen to podcasts. In fact, that's the number one way <laughs> to listen to this podcast is to find your why. No. Um, yeah. Like it's the, it's the busy mind. It kind of goes back to our busy culture thing, right? Like we always have to be engaging our mind with stuff when in fact going to your, you talked about the moodling Yes. You know, the introspection, not filling every moment with stimulation, being bored even is where a lot of times things come from because your mind is allowed to rest and then it's allowed to sort of work in the subconscious. And so some of the things that we recommend if you want to do some deep thinking about this stuff and not necessarily like leave the house with the intention to do the deep thinking, it's more like leaving the house to engage with the world. So long, slow walks. Yeah, Brenda Eulen believed in a long, like a six-mile walk every morning, and not just to walk, though, to stop and examine tree bark and the leaves of flowers. And So she's bringing her childlike curiosity to yes. that scene, which is awesome, right? Yeah, it's just, it's more of a state of being rather than having an end, like, well, I'm walking because I need to get my six miles in today. It's more like I'm walking just so I can engage with the world. Stephen King does that. David Sedaris talks about his long walks. It's just nice because your mind can wander. And I think that's it. Like letting your mind wander is good and it's okay. And, uh, you know, even exercising. And it's hard. It can be hard. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a practice. <laughs> but I think, yeah, having that curiosity where if you're out walking, when we used to, back in the day, we had a dog and our child was young and in a stroller and we would walk a couple times a day through the town park. And by doing that all the time, you start noticing things mm -hmm. if, if you're curious, unless, man, I see a lot of people walk. I saw a woman last night walking through the neighborhood on the way back from getting the pizza. Mm -hmm. But she was walking, but she, you know, she was looking at her phone the whole time. It's like, man, that just, it made me sad because it's like, there's all this, you got these trees and birds and other people and houses that you can look in at night when yeah, people exactly. don't know. <laughs> Creeping. That's right. Um, but there's this whole world that's just, ah, it's amazing. And so by not having those distractions, that goes a long way toward allowing you to be open to being distracted by other things that maybe are more organic and kind of get that connection with nature. And it doesn't always, you know, you can, if you live in a big city, that, that there are amazing right. things that you can observe every day in the city. But, um, but not, having, not having something pumped into your ears or your eyes at all times that's designed to get you to tune in is probably a good thing. Um, driving in silence, that's always a tough one. But, some, you know, have you ever been like, listen to a, an audiobook or, or music and you realize, oh my gosh, I just missed that whole chapter because my mind drifted off yeah. somewhere. And uh, that's always a nice feeling. Reading about being introspective. We'd like I'm to do fan. that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Well, it's, man, there are a lot of people who've put a lot of thought into this. One of the books we're reading right now is it's, it's called, it's, 
It's Not About the Money by Brett Kessel. Brett Kessel. And it's fantastic. It's a, it's a money book, but it's fascinating because he has these archetypes of how people deal with money. And the whole idea is, my takeaway is that it's real, like money is a tool. It's not, it's not why you exist to make, just make money and have money. It's like, it's, it's to allow you to live a life that you want to live. And especially like his whole thing is put your money where your heart is essentially, right? So you can invest in stuff that's, that's meaningful to you. You can create a pot of money to actually give in service of things. You know, some people have tithings with the church that kind of does that for them. But uh, anyway, the whole idea is that there, it's, it's more about you, just like with creative practice. It's, it's, about, it's more about you and, and what's coming from the heart than anything else. Yeah, and understanding yourself and your yes. internal unconscious motivations. Yeah, the, the Accidental Creative Podcast, it seems like every guy who comes on there or woman who comes on there to promote their latest book is talking about that kind of stuff. And, and it's so, yeah, anyway. A lot of people who put a lot of thought into it and can really, if you're open to it, challenge your perspectives and help you gain new perspectives about yourself. Meditation, just sitting is another great way to do some, and that's not necessarily like while you're meditating that you're thinking about introspective stuff, but it declutters the mind. Right. To allow you. It's the mind. Yeah. And then one of my favorites, and we're doing it right now, (gasps) conversation. Yes. Yeah. And so like having someone that you can talk about this stuff with is, it, it's funny, I, I would say I probably don't talk to too many people about the, at this level of, of introspection work, but Ginger and I, you know, because we're together every day and, and uh, we're on this journey together, it, it makes it a lot easier. But if you can find people in your life to talk about this stuff, just like reading about it, it makes you think, it gets the wheel spinning and yeah. stuff like that. And, and just keep in mind, you know, again, going back to that point, it's not like you get to a stage and there you are and you just kind of move forward from that. It's just a constant thing, just like your creative practice, just like your life. We'll never get it all figured out and that's okay too. There's, oh, I, I wish I could remember it. There was a really beautiful quote about just mystery, like having mystery in, in our lives is, is important because if you had it all figured out, what would be the point of living? So we'll leave you with that. Um, Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Creative Double Shot, and we'll see you next time. See ya.